Lou and Matt for breakfast. The Borders 105.7 Triple M. Welcome to the Catch Up Podcast. A uh, big Tuesday it was as well. We covered a lot of things in today's show, Lou, but the most important, I think, was probably at the start, yeah. which was an impromptu discussion around, um, you know, uh, the days of the week and if we, there were an ice cream. Yes, what ice cream flavour they would but be. But we didn't cover every day, Lou. No, we didn't. Because, Do we need to cover every day? Well, I feel like we should now because we said Tuesday was a non-flavour. That's what yeah, you well, said. Yeah, well, I actually said it was natural yoghurt. At room temperature. Uh, okay, we'll go with that because it's still a, a milk-based yeah. product. Yeah, so um, just a really basic. Wednesday vanilla. Yeah. Because then you just want to get it over with and then get back to the But it still the tastes hard okay. It still tastes yeah. all right. Thursday, you said that was a try-hard Friday. Yeah, no, well, I sort of said any one of the choc or strawberry flavours, I, I thought. I said Neapolitan. Did you? But that's vanilla as well. Yeah, but you see, it's a distinct. i tell you, when I was growing up, it was always. Was special if you got Neapolitan? It was always. Neapolitan vanilla chocolate. Sorry for swearing. But Lou, isn't but... that all you want? Is that no? Because I, I I try and buy different ones for my kids, and Daniel's like, no, Mum, just vanilla. No. It's what about choc chip? Out. And he goes, oh, sometimes I like choc chip, but not all the time. See, um, the, we're talking the eighties, of course, and 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 obviously the eighties has been a big focus of t- of today's show. But I reckon there's almost too much choice now, isn't there? Because no, no such thing. <laughs> Back in the day, it what really are you was talking about? You have gone or crazy. chocolate individually yes, or vanilla. Yes, but all or the strawberry. delicious and beautiful flavours <laughs> now. Too much. You even mentioned it, one of them early on this morning salted caramel. I mean, hello. It's too much. There's about 150 you know, different flavours. My mum's was always rum and raisin. If we ever went to get ice cream, that was like her favourite go to. I don't know. Rum What's and Mondays? Right. That's one we didn't have. That's the only one we didn't have. Oh. I think Sunday is salted caramel. It's the kind of one where you're depressed and you sit in the corner with a bucket of salted caramel. Of it. (laughs) Saturday is whatever whatever bloody flavour you want. Yeah. Saturday's crazy. Okay. Bubblegum. Okay, then I think Monday then you need as much of a lift as you can get. So I'm I'm thinking Rocky Road. Ooh. I think that's a Monday ice cream. I like that. Because it's got a little bit of everything and just enough to to pique your interest yeah. so that you'll go, oh, all right, I'll give Monday a go. And Mondays can be a rocky road. I agreed. Yeah, it works on every single level. We need to have an ice cream shop where <laughs> you can only buy the flavour according to the day of the week. Do you think it would work? Why did your business or will fail? Or will, uh. will it go the way of cold rock and just close? I think there's a fair yeah. chance that that would happen. Uh, it'd take all of that, that horrible thing. Like the worst part about buying ice cream is standing behind people making the decision. Yes. So you've got to wait for ages. So to take that whole yeah. part out of it, Lou. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's like it's like life during COVID. Just take the decision making out <laughs> yeah, of it for human beings. Right. And just tell them what to do. All right. With that in mind, let's kick off today's catch up podcast. Enjoy. After nine today, we are going to immerse ourselves in the nineteen. 80s. Why? Because we are searching for the greatest decade of all time, the goat in rock. And uh, the 80s is right up there. Of course, we uh, had a little tally late last week. And at Mm -hmm. the moment, the 80s is just in front of the 90s. And obviously, a big part of the 80s, Lou, was 80s fashion. Oh, absolutely. And and, uh, I think 80s hair. The 80s was all about hair. 
There was a lot of hair going on in the 80s. Yes. Not just for girls, for guys as well. Like, there were a myriad of different hairstyles. Think of a band like Flock of Seagulls. Do you remember that kind yes. of? Yes, they had, There were some very elaborate 80s hairstyles. So what was your hairstyle of choice in the <laughs> 80s? The okay. one that you, because you would have gone through a few, I I'm went sure. through a lot of incarnations. What's your favourite? I, uh, I had an asymmetric hairstyle at one stage that was shaved on one side <laughs> and long on the other side. <laughs> but that was very early 80s. Yes. But my favourite hairstyle in the 80s that I think I, I hung on to for maybe a little bit too long, to be honest, was I called it the cockatoo. So um, I had a fringe at the front. Yes. My hair was very straight in the 80s when I was in my 20s. And so I had this long, straight hair and at the front, this cockatoo's crest. Oh. So I used to get my hand and scrunch the fringe up in a circle and then just make it sit straight up with hair gel, of course. So that was, yeah. Spectacular. It was Luke. spectacular. One triple three five three. As we immerse ourselves in the 80s today uh, for the search for the goat, the greatest of all time, what was your favourite hairstyle in the 80s? One triple three five three. And obviously, as you've already said, Lou, the decade itself can be defined by hairstyles. So it could have a myriad of different oh, hairstyles definitely. on offer here, Lou. One triple three five three. We'll find out what your favourite was next. Craig from Rutherglen, what was your favourite eighties hairstyle? I had a spike. Oh, oh. that mullet at the back. Yep. Oh, spiky the spike. mullet. Spike. Spiky mullet. Yeah, well, see, I had the semi spike too. I had the spiky, like I used to call it, the cockatoo up the front. And the long straight hair down the back. Um, did you use a lot of gel? Because gel was a big oh, yeah. thing in the eighties. No, I did not use gel. No. Oh, oh so your hair short. just was naturally spiked up. It was short at the front. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, so short that it was kind of naturally spiky. But then you had the flowing locks at the back, Craig. That's it. Classic eighties mullet. And you would have probably. <laughs> how old were you back in the eighties, Craig? If you don't mind me asking. I was sixteen. Oh, nice. Did you, you have the stubby been... shorts on as well? You bet, yep, definitely. <laughs> you would have been loving yourself sick, Craig. <laughs> of course, of course. Thanks, mate. Jenny from Wodonga, what was your favourite 80s hairstyle? Has to be the perm. Ooh, okay, which perm? Spiral, of course. Oh, now, which how... one's a spiral? Oh, so, so generally on long hair, the spiral perm, and it just had ringlets. Your hair was yep. like full oh, on. Corkscrew oh, curls. Yeah. yeah, corkscrew. Yeah. Pretty full on. Now, do tell, um, Jenny, did you, um, how did you find looking after the old spiral perm? W were you a an Afro comb user or how did you get that uh, baby to look its best? Yes, so I had the Afro comb, but also the mousse. Oh, you had to put that something crunchy. in there, didn't you? Yes. Yep. The crunchy, crunchy curls. Yeah, nice. And then with the fringe, the hairdryer and the hairspray. Oh, so you did the straight back up fringe. Yep. Oh, yep. Did you do that as well, Lou, at oh, times? Oh, look, yes, but but slight, on a slightly different style. <laughs> but amazing. The black silhouette hairspray. Yes. In the big in the big in the, in the big bottle. Yeah. And yeah. All right. One question: If if it could come back into fashion, would you be happy to have that same hairstyle again in twenty twenty one? Maybe not the fringe. But the perm, probably. Yeah. There you go. It was a yeah. rad perm. Yeah, it was a, a great perm. perm. It was. That just <laughs> like we were in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Ah, oh, very funny. Very we nice. are going to immerse ourselves into the 80s 
after nine. And we're doing it to celebrate, of course, the GOAT, the greatest decade mm-hmm. of all time. Vote now at triplem.com.au. Uh, tell us what your favourite decade in rock is from the 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties. And just for voting, you could win this. You could win $1,000. So it's so worth it. It'll take you a couple of minutes. Get on there, triplem.com.au. And yesterday evening was the winter solstice event at QE2 Square. It's an event that brings together the community who uh, commemorate those who died by suicide. And they always have amazing speakers who share incredible personal stories. And this year was no different. Um, there was Georgie Dent, who we talked to yesterday, yep. uh, who's a journalist. And they had one of Australia's most respected TV journalists, host of the 7.30 report for many years. The one and only Kerry O'Brien was here. And uh, he was there to talk about the loss of a beloved family member 30 years ago. I caught up with him. Have a listen. Well, it's a very long time ago now, Matt, but um, um, but I've, having decided that I would talk about it publicly for the first time, um, it's come back to me as if it was just not that long ago and it was the loss of my brother Paul uh, the pain of that for my mother particularly but my parents was profound Uh, for the rest of us obviously a grief to be managed and a great loss Uh, but but the rawness of my mother's pain that day uh, will live with me forever And, and I suppose really the reason I'm here is because so many of the people here uh, have that purpose of of wanting to publicly confront the individual tragedies that so many people, not just in this community, but in communities right around Australia, are suffering on far too regular a basis. Somewhere bet- varying between eight and nine people dying from suicide in Australia each day. And we have to ask, in a prosperous society like this, why that is being allowed to happen and why we still struggle to provide barely adequate mental health support for the mentally ill in our community. Yeah, well said by the great uh, Kerry O'Brien. Now, for more resources, and I think they've actually got links to... Because um, it was it was recorded, it was filmed, and yes. it was live streamed. Um, go to survivorsofsuicide.org.au or go to their Facebook page, and you could uh, you can watch Kerry's um, speech, which was uh, amazing. Uh, of course, um, being such an extraordinary communicator, but um, but just so well said. And as he said in there, Lou, it was quite interesting. It had been so long, thirty years, but mm. just having to think about it now brought it all back because obviously it never oh, goes away. No, that kind of grief never ever leaves you and I think that's what's so wonderful about the winter solstice event you know it it allows people the, the survivors of suicide to to get together and to not feel alone to be together in their grief and I think because the grief never goes away yeah and it was a cold night but well done to everybody there were just there were so many people there it really yeah, has grown such in a leaps great and event. bounds um, and well done to the organisers, of course, Annette and Stuart Baker for the winter solstice. It's Lou and Matt's Triple F. The legendary John Williamson is heading to the border at the Commercial Club on July 23rd. Of course, he's an icon of Aussie music. Um, for example, there's uh, this one. Rublo, is it me and you? Ah, we all know that one. To rip, rip, wood chip. Rip, rip, wood chip. Turn it into paper. I love that song, Luke. 
But it all started out with my absolute favourite John Williamson song, Old Man Emu. Well, he was the model for the 50 cents. <laughs> There's a great song, Take a look, it'll prove to you. I ran the pairs of that kangaroo, but I don't know. Yes. We had a chat with the great man um, and it kicked it off by asking about his very first song, Old Man Emu. Have a listen. Uh, it was really an answer to Rolf Harris's Time to Kangaroo Down. I thought, well, yep. I'll do a song about an emu. <clears throat> the first song I ever wrote. And I, I guess that made realise you could do it. And it was a number one hit for five weeks. Yeah. But it took me about 16 years before I really came up with a decent album of songs. And that was Mally Boy. And uh, ever since then, it's been, it's been uh, trying to match the songs on that album really yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've just keep, I keep writing I'm still writing now even you used to always make me laugh well one it was so pacey and fun but the line you know at the end of each um, verse he can run the pants off a kangaroo that yeah. that whole concept of running pants off was very funny to a six year old <laughs> as you <laughs> as you can well imagine as I say at the end there is a moral to the story you know like you might mail a you might be able to hop or you might be able to sing, but, or, you know, or that was about the emu. He could run. At least he could run. So could I ever. suppose there was a bit of a moral to, <laughs> to the kids that, you know, you'll find something that you're good at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Definitely. And it's funny because I'm a, a little younger than, than Lou, so I kind of connect to, um, well, first of all, True Blue, as so many Aussies do, but, but also Rip Rip Woodchip. I remember vividly when that, that came out and that's such a lovely song with a great message as well uh john that still um is important well, today so well and truly isn't it yeah well it's not a, it's, it's not easy to write a protest song uh you know that a lot of you know it being negative you know but I've, i think it comes across as a sing-along people like to sing along with it yeah. yes and it's like bill the cat you know it's a funny song but there is a message there about you know, just dumping cats in the bush, which some, some people do. Instead of they have a litter they don't want, they just dump them in the bush. No, it's horrible. <clears throat> and of course, they they do terrible things to our native uh, fauna. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh, yeah, that the trick is to write a protest song that's that's also entertaining. You know, and Rip Rip was a good example of that. And it's still, I still can't do a show without singing it. You know, Aubrey Wodonga. How many times do you reckon you've been? Here to our wonderful region of Australia, in your performing, it is life. it is a great region, and 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 the club there, it always has a great audience. In fact, we're doing two, I think, this time. Uh, it's I don't know whether people think I'm going to retire or because COVID's <laughs> kept people away, but everything's selling so fast, and uh, and it's a joy to get back on the road. I tell you, John, it's been a Fantastic chat! Really, really great to catch up with uh, with you. A real privilege for both of us to uh, talk to you. And the concert is coming up soon, the twenty third of uh, July at the Commercial Club. So jump onto the Commercial Club website to um, to grab your tickets because they are going to go pretty quickly. I would imagine. John Williamson, thank you so much. Yeah, cheap chat. wine well, from Matt, Paul Chisel and, there. Uh, um, Lou, we'll see you at the it just takes me back to the eighties. Now I spent a lot of time around alcohol in the eighties. No, I wasn't a soak, <laughs> although I did. I did go out and, and have a few drinks, obviously. Yeah. But I was a cocktail oh, bar yeah, attendant yeah, yeah. in the 80s and used to make cocktails. And cocktails were super popular in the 80s, right? And it just got me to thinking some of the awesome cocktails, you do not see them on cocktail lists these days anymore. Yeah. It was a simpler time. But I just want to cast your mind back a bit um, to cocktails like 
the tequila sunrise. Oh, tequila sunrise. Yeah. Um, what about the fluffy duck? Oh, fluffy duck. Do you remember Even I know the fluffy names. duck? Fluffy duck was advocate and lemonade. So it was this eggy yellow liqueur <laughs> that was really thick, and you put lemonade with it, oh, and it foamed up and delightful. made the fluffy. It was delicious. Um, the old blue lagoon, blue curacao and lemonade. Um, but my absolute favourite, and one that I loved to make as a bar attendant, because it looked really fancy, like mm, the, you mm. know, like the movie cocktail with yes, Brian Brown yes. and Tom Cruise. I didn't throw bottles around, but we used to have to make these B fifty twos, which were. <laughs> do you remember those? They were a um, they were a, a cocktail in a shot glass, and it was um, Bailey's and um, Kahlua. So you put the Kahlua in the bottom, the shot of Kahlua in the right, bottom of the right. shot glass, and then you had to get a teaspoon and drizzle the Baileys over the teaspoon so that the two layers stayed separate, so that it was two distinct layers of different alcohols. Sounds like um, I missed out, Luke, Tasted to be delicious, I was a kid, too. I was, didn't Man. get the opportunity yeah, to did try miss any out, of these. I reckon I've jogged a few memories there because, honestly, they were, they were the cocktails of the 80s. Uh, you've asked for it. And now you're getting a more entertainment news, you oh, said. Oh, yes. People have been saying, I've been craving entertainment news, Matt. The Irwins are a fighting. That's right. Bindi Irwin is having a fight with Bob. Them's fighting words. Not her brother, Bob. Nah, with uh, the granddad. grandfather, Bob. Yeah, oh, you're all across this too, are you, Lou? I have heard it. Yeah, they're fighting. Now, this is, this is this actually is a sad. bit unfortunate. I agree. Why air your, your grievances, your family grievances on yeah. social media? You know, because then it gets messy and news.com.au pick up on it. And when news.com pick up on it, they'll run with it now for months. Yeah. We're in for a month of Irwin stories, thanks to Bindi and a bloody post about Bob sending gifts back. She sent the gifts back? Or nah, Bob the does. They keep sending him gifts and stuff, and Bob just doesn't want a bar of it and just sends really? them back. I don't know why, but that's apparently what's happening. Terry sends him stuff. And and they're paying for his they're paying for his lifestyle, but Bob doesn't want anything to do with them apparently. Mm. But but yeah, again, we didn't need to know this. No, we kind Keep of didn't need to know. Social media, did we? That's a lesson yeah. everyone should learn. Don't air your family dirty no. family laundry. I was gonna I'm gonna put a big public. post about how much I hate my brother on my socials. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> we already know. In the hope You've that already told us. Today, you run with it. <laughs> Actually, they might, you know. No, they, would they? Maybe. Depends on what, well, he's a bit more well known than you. Oh, shut up, Luke. <laughs> yeah, he is. He writes, <laughs> he writes Doctor Who and Neighbours and stuff. Does he write Doctor Who as well? Yeah, he wrote. He's, he's written some Doctor Who episodes. They're the worst. It's the worst series of all time, though. It's about to go bust. Jeez. So. Bad luck, Peter. Jealousy. It's a <laughs> curse. Lou, I'm airing my dirty family laundry. <laughs> <laughs> you made me do the same thing Bindi's done.